0: whatever you're gonna do, whatever your next job is, whatever you gotta go do at work that day or your, your schoolwork or that, yeah, that paper that you're dreading to write, um, that conversation that you're dreading to have with a, a parent or a significant other or a friend or whatever, whatever the hard thing is or even whatever the good things are, go attack it.
1: Show this week, I have a longtime friend from high school and college. We played high school football together and college football together for two years at Ohio Wesleyan, Cam Smith. Cam Smith is the current head coach of the Danville Blue Devils, where he also helps coach softball as well as helping out with strength and conditioning. He also is a teacher for the Danville Blue Devils, and I'm very excited to have him on this week. cam smith welcome to the roughnecks podcast for episode 12 or should i say mr smith now or coach smith considering you're now an adult in the world of teaching coaching and even married to jordan who's an incredible person who i might actually want on this podcast in the future um we go a long way back from playing high school ball together and hanging out every friday night after games with tracing Kang, who we just talked about a little bit before doing this and uh now I'm getting, and we got the opportunity to play a couple of years of college football together at Ohio Wesleyan. Now we're sitting here on a podcast and you're starting your career and I'm about to venture into that world, but I still got a little bit, but you're uh, now about a whole year into that. So let's start, you know, give me a little background on yourself, where you're from and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, some background. You, you kind of mentioned a little bit. I, I played football with you at uh, Watkins Memorial and, and then later at Ohio Wesleyan. Uh, four years there and so football wise that's kind of my background um, you know what with, with, with football and teaching that kind of seems like it's it and that seems like when people ask about me and ask about my background that's kind of w- where I stop and w- when you kind of brought me on to this and told me about this and, and said that's where you're going to go with it and whatnot and as I said there's a million ways I could go but you know what with with these kind of topics kind of that's about it Went to Watkins, played played football there, and I was on the baseball team. I, I joke I didn't really play much. We had a pretty good team, and I knew I knew football was my sport already, so I knew my place. I was oh, well, a role player. You with some very, um, uh, very talented
1: people in that baseball team. Yeah, team, exactly. One of which is now what I believe in the
0: MLB. Yes. Yeah. Well, he didn't get drafted straight out of high school as high as he would have liked, so he played he went at to for the a few most years. prestigious
1: college right. baseball team. <laughs> Which, in fact, if you didn't know, you know the baseball – I believe it's the head coach, if not a coach on the Vanderbilt baseball team is an Ohio Wesleyan alum. Really? Good. Good connection. Look at that. I small girl. Yeah, it is. So, you said you went to Ohio Wesleyan. Like we we talked about you went to Ohio Wesleyan. We played at Ohio Wesleyan. Why did you end up choosing to go to Ohio
0: Wesleyan? Um, You know, I I was between – mainly Ohio State, Otterbein, and Mount Union, and I like the coaching staffs at at all three, and I like the schools at all three, but, you know, it was just a feeling when I got there, um, just from the the players that were there on, like, my overnight visit, stuff like that, and the coaches and the way they talked to me and stuff like that, (laughs) and... Like, Bo Co- – Coach Bo always jokes with me that I never answered my phone and things like that, and he, he felt like he was always bugging me and stuff like that. Hold but
1: on. Coach Bo never was, answers his phone either.
0: Yeah, well, uh, don't <laughs> I know it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, so he always jokes about that. And so th- there was this balance of – like, they would contact me a lot and, and stay in close contact without, like, overwhelming me and bugging me like s- some of those coaches – did and so I don't know it just, it just kind of felt like home and I, I felt like hey this is where this this where it feels right and and so that's what I told uh, my buddies and like when you came to stay on a visit I told you told the same thing like hey if you're looking elsewhere like if that place feels good like go to that place like you you have to go and experience it um, at least obviously what you can in a couple of nights um, and and then you just choose from there
1: uh, I mean, I, I committed on my overnight visit in your room is when I officially committed. And, but you're right. Like it, it there is, this isn't a pitch towards Ohio Wesleyan, but like there is something about Ohio Wesleyan, like when you get on campus and like when you're around the players, you're around the coaches, you're around that, that culture, like, that just something like it's very easy to connect with. And you feel like a part of it, even when you're not yet. So like, even before mm-hmm. you're a part of the team, you feel like you're a part of that team. And I, that was all to me one of the things too that drove me there and you were one of the reasons that drove me there too because you were texting me all the time as well even though you were like, yeah, everybody else sounds good, but listen, Ohio Wesleyan over here
0: is where you should right, right. We, we were a little better at least, right? Hey, I, I started my recruiting there early. I, I can't, can't do it now here in high school, but Joe, Joe <laughs> and they always joke that I try to recruit them for coaching at least and hey, come over and coach with me. <laughs>
1: Hell, you've texted me like six times about it. Oh, I know it. I, it <laughs> hey, I was probably going to tell you again during this podcast. So. I figured. So go back in time. What is your favorite memory? We'll go with two different sides. Uh, we'll go like just socially or academically <clears throat> your favorite memory from Ohio Wesleyan, and then we'll go with your fo- favorite football memory.
0: Well, I probably have to say let's let's stray from academics and football for a minute. Um, actually, on my recruiting visit, I met um, my now wife, Jordan. And so that, that obviously has to be a pretty good memory there. Um, obviously, no, nothing happened on that recruiting visit. I was still a high schooler. Um, but it, it felt really cool just to talk, talk to her on that visit. She seemed really interested in football and, and asked me details and act, asked about my life and things like that. And um, all these other schools, people were really friendly, which was great. And they'd, they'd ask, hey, how you doing? Like, where are you from? All this, all this stuff, like what position do you play? But she really sat down for a few minutes and and actually asked some questions and got past kind of the small talk or whatever. So um, something just felt different about that. And later, obviously, since I ended up going there the next year, um, she was a sophomore and I was a freshman. Then we started actually talking and obviously therefore dating. And so obviously that's a pretty good memory there. Football-wise, I got a couple good ones. One was just, uh, man, I would have been a sophomore and... We were, we were up late in the game by a couple scores. And so I got to go in and, and we did our ammo blitz, which is, which is both backers inside the box blitzing. And I don't know, I got through and got a, got a varsity sack on, on pretty much my, my first real varsity snap really, other than special teams. And so that was fun. And then at Hiram my junior year, I scooped and scored a, a fumble. Uh, for a touchdown, ran it in for a touchdown, and it was funny on film. You can see I almost trip, pretty much over nothing as I was trying to <laughs> scoop. It, maybe three steps after the scooping the ball. Uh, yeah, but so everyone made fun of me. It's also in the Wild Bill. I, I video. scored, so oh yes, yes, it was always in Wild Bill highlights and stuff. Um, so of course, people tried to make fun of me and tease me for it. I mean, that's what friends do, of course. But I scored, and so that that was that was really fun. That was a great memory. Oh. I joke with my dad because he, he did not miss very many football games. I think that's one of two football games he's ever missed <laughs> oh, in, in my career. And uh, that was one of them. So,
1: Oh, I think, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I'm pretty <clears throat> sure my first career interception, none of my family besides my parents, because mm-hmm. you know me, I have a bigger family and like right. all, my yeah. come, all my nieces and nephews come. And I'm pretty sure my first interception at Ohio Wesleyan, I'm pretty sure just my mom and dad were there, and I don't even think my Mm -hmm. mom was in the stands. So it was – my mom also is never usually in the stands. She does, she gets very antsy during football games Hmm. for some reason. She always has to, like, go out beyond in the parking lot and watch from there. But so going off of that, I think I know the answer to this. It's pretty probably simple. After you talked about meeting your wife, (laughs) if you could go back, would you still go to Ohawa as well?
0: Yeah, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, looking back at it in hindsight from right now. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously there's, there's a lot of things that went right. I basically got this job because of Ohio Westing and, and a connection from there, from Ogu football. Um, I, like you just mentioned, I met my wife from there and met, met quite a few good friends from there. Um, and so obviously it ended up really great. And couldn't ask for anything different from that experience but yeah I, I like I joke with with my players all the time like yeah if I was three inches taller or something and a tenth of a 40 sec or 40 time faster than maybe I could have gone d1 or something and of course that's mostly joking anyway but obviously that that would make my life look a lot different so with a lot of other schools I was looking at um, whether to play football or not that's yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the way it, t- it turned out. So, absolutely, I would get back. Now, I'm going to kind of, like,
1: base this off of what you said. And it's something – one of my thoughts I've always thought about, and I want to see what you kind of think about it. Like, you look at it – people – I feel like the D3 world is overlooked sometimes because people think, you know, I want money to go play this sport. Mm-hmm. And I – and honestly, like, I do not regret going to Ohio Wesleyan, going to a small D3 college at all. And I, what are your thoughts on, like – why, I guess, do you think people should consider D3 and why? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat>
0: and especially just if you love the game and, and you want to keep playing, that's definitely an option. Like you said, obviously, it'd be nice to get paid for what you do and, and get paid for doing something you love, whether that's obviously later in the pros, theoretically, you could get paid if you're that good. Uh, but even, yeah, scholarship money or whatnot, uh, th- that'd be nice. And, and so if you're that good, and and you can do that great good for you um but i, I exactly i think d3 gets overlooked a lot but it's it's still real football like that's college football in d3 i think we counted the hours before I, it's a full-time job man like that's there's over 40 hours put in a week um, not that there probably isn't in high school too but yeah even d three is uh, like that's a different animal and so it's real, it's real football, and you've got to be passionate about the game. Of course, though, there's, there's pros and cons to everything you do. And, and I tell my, my students and my players all the time, there's choices and there's consequences. Um, and, and some of those consequences are good and some are bad. And, again, there's, there's good and bad that comes out of everything. And so you got to choose what's going to be the best for you and, and kind of roll with whatever happens.
1: So now you've moved on to the teaching world after all, Wesland.
0: What subject do you teach? Um, I teach world history, which is freshmen and government, which is juniors. And then I have an elective um, period. Right now it is global issues. And then next semester it will be, um, it's called Crime and Punishment in Modern America.
1: So what made you decide to be a teacher? Like, because ultimately, like everybody has that one decision that made them choose the major, choose their career choice, maybe in college, maybe before college. What was it that made you decide
0: teaching? Sure. Yeah, I actually wasn't um, going into college for teaching yet. Now, I I switched it pretty early. I switched it in freshman year um, because that's kind of when I realized. And I was I wanted to do something with politics and government in some way. Probably federal law enforcement in some way. Uh, obviously you know my dad is law enforcement. He basically said, No, you're not being a city cop. Like go go, go do something bigger and, and and speaking of your dad, you think they're, dad gonna, would... they're gonna treat you better, but you think your dad would do a podcast? Yeah, absolutely. You, you talked. I thought him. about doing the if he if you can find the time in his in his schedule. Hey, I don't care if it's three nights, in the morning so. or I don't care if it's six. <laughs> well, that's when he'd be working. But yeah, I know he's um, always usually at night doing things. Oh, I know. Um, but yeah, he, he'd probably be on. But yeah, so I was I was gonna do that probably, but quickly realized um, with, that I wanted to keep doing football and and I had known that i wanted to coach in general anyway um but when i started playing at ohio west i realized pretty quickly i was like yeah i need to keep this in my life like i, I can't not have football and and i want to coach and i want to influence young minds and so i was i was really involved with um young life as well which is a high school ministry and so those two combined and then i have a lot of teachers in my family um, and so all, all of those factors kind of just made me realize like, hey, why don't you teach? You, you love doing that already. That's kind of what coaching is in anyway, is teaching these kids how to play the game and, and how to grow up in, into young men. And so, yeah, it just pairs really well together, teaching and coaching. And so that's kind of the main push and drive that put me into that. Um, and then it was just a pretty, pretty easy transition too with my academics anyway, so.
1: Would you, you said you originally went in as politics and government?
0: Yeah, so politics and – or, yeah, political science. Uh, I think OU called it politics and government. They didn't actually have – because we have, what, Bachelor of Arts and we don't have any Bachelor of yeah. Science or whatever. Yeah, something like that. But so, same thing.
1: So you chose, like, the high school grade, like, grade level, I guess you want to call it, to, for teaching. Sure. What was – like, what was your thought process on that? Like, why did you want to go to the high school compared to, like, middle school or elementary? First off, no offense, I couldn't see with elementary kids. I feel like you just want to – like strangle them <laughs> not necessarily um, him, but you're just uh, you're definitely more of an uh, authority figure compared like with your because of your dad and how you are similar to your dad but you're more of the authority figure so what made you but what made you go towards high school instead of younger
0: well thank you I appreciate that I don't I don't know if uh, maybe everyone agrees but no I, I you know, I actually taught preschool for my four years at Ohio Western. Um I did, I worked at the ECC there on campus, oh, wow. Um, which I loved my experience there um, and wouldn't trade that. I've point. heard everything. It every- was part of my teaching experience. So I've never heard
1: anything bad about ECC. Everything, no, like everybody it's, loves it's their a great program at ECC. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. So no, I, I would definitely do. Um, and in fact, uh, Jordan and I have talked about if I do go back for a master's in, in a go into administration at all or something, I would take a look at the possibility of being like an elementary school teacher or or principal, I mean. And so that I don't know, that's a thought for way later down the road. But anyway, so yeah, with, with high school, like I said, when I kind of started getting into teaching anyway, again, I was involved in a high school ministry and I was already involved in some of those local high schoolers' lives. And helping them with football and other sports and, and in the weight room and stuff like that and, and kind of already getting into that groove of teaching them and, and coaching them and mentoring them anyway. And so I, I talked about, already that it was an easy transition and so that was the easiest transition was just in the high school and you said you don't see me as elementary uh i i'd be great in elementary middle school is the one those are the ones I yeah, was okay um, I, can't, I can't sense. do middle school middle yeah. school
1: is usually when they're like they don't care what you tell them to do something and oh, they'll goodness. look at you like okay whatever oh goodness
0: so well and and which i have freshmen and, and I joke with some of the other teachers, especially um, like this year, I joked with a couple of the new teachers that I was like, freshmen are still middle schoolers. First semester freshmen are still middle schoolers. Oh, 100%. And after they come back from Christmas break, they're not so bad. But it's it's a little rough. Uh,
1: well, I, it's what's crazy is, is, you know, you look at – you listen to what people tell you, like, oh, like the older timers tell you things. But then you get to the point, like, I look at myself now, and as I was even a senior in high school, and I'm like – I I was a jackass
0: like wow (laughs) I was an idiot I still had a lot of growing up to do (laughs) oh yeah and I I I mean a lot of these things will happen in my classroom or on the field or in the locker room or or something some of these conversations with my kids and and I'll, I'll look at some of my other coaches or the teachers that are around and I'll be like did like did I do this to my coaches? Like, did, did, did I do this to my teachers? I need to like apologize to them because what is going on? And yeah. So it's, it's funny. Exactly. You just look back and you're like, was I that dumb? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but no, my, I mean, yeah. I love my kids and, and and they're great, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Some the, some of the things you just like, man, what did I do this in high school? Are you serious? So, or even in college, I'm, I'm like, dang, Coach D probably thought I was so dumb. <laughs> like,
1: at one point in your career, Coach D looks at you and thinks you were the dumbest person there is. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I, I think he between me, Smalls, like Joe and Colton, and, and kind of that group. And I, I think he he told us all at least once, like, you were one of the dumbest smart kids I've ever known. Like is that, like or that. dumb shit, like yeah. that. Oh was yeah, dumb day. shit. He always says one. dumb yep. shit. I want to talk a little, speaking
1: of Coach D, I want to talk a little bit about coaching. But first, man, I got to congratulate you on being the coach of the year in your conference, along with seven of your players, I believe, being named first team on conference. What's crazy is you're just 20, what, 24 years old?
0: Yeah, 24. Um, Now, coach of the year, that was in, um, sorry, that was from the Mount Vernon newspaper um, so for the all area and for the and then the radio station did one, but not the conference because I was voted on by coaches. so I did not get that one, but I appreciate
1: still that. that's still an honor because yeah. of the fact like that oh absolutely see you as something and you're a first year head coach and you're yeah like, for sure, I'm not complaining. I just wanted to clarify so that nobody thought I was trying to claim yeah. something yep. so either way, you're uh-huh. a first year head coach, gaining some accolades. so what was it? where did you? You, you kind of touched on a little bit with like, you kind of chose your career based on teaching or coaching a little bit, but what was it that made you want to get into the coaching world?
0: You know, just my dad coached me uh, growing up in, in little league football and baseball and stuff. And, and I think a lot, a lot of us, our, our dad probably did. Um, at least a lot of us that are really involved with sports and yeah, I don't know. He, I, he just instilled in me a passion and discipline for the, for both the game and just competition in general. And yeah, I just, just developed a passion for the game of football, especially, but just, um, yeah, man, I love competitions. Uh, I just, I I, I joke with the kids, like when, when they say they want to play video games or or just one-on-one basketball or something. And and so I'll play against them and like, listen, man, you might be a lot better than me, but I freaking hate losing. Like I'm, let's go. And so that's, that's part of it. It's just that drive. And, and man, I love just being around that competition and just um, sports in general. But also, kind of same thing with the teaching and, and doing young life and things like that. Is just man mentoring uh, these kids and and showing and using the game of football to teach life lessons and, and show these these kids how to grow into young men um, and then and, and and any kids, right? Obviously, it's softball or these other sports, right? And, same thing on the other side but yeah just just mentoring them and into becoming good adult essentially
1: I mean yeah you go beyond just a football coach you're more
0: than just a football coach you also are what a softball coach JV softball as well right are you still doing yeah so yeah so I, I help with the softball team um, my defensive coordinator on football um, he convinced me last year uh, he said hey I, ne- I need a JV coach and and obviously when, when we don't have JV games, I'll be helping with varsity too because we kind of all practice together anyway. It's like, he's like, hi, I need somebody. You, you play baseball, right? Come on, you, you can help. He just kept egging me on kind of like I, I do with uh, <laughs> you and Joe and, and a bunch of you guys. And I, hey, I, got, I started getting on Weege too, so that's fun. There we um, go. But yeah, yeah he, he just got on me. He's like, hey, come on, come coach, come coach. And he just stayed over and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Right, I can do it. And 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 then I I was also already getting a getting a spot as like getting an extra stipend for an assistant weight weightlifting coach. Um, And then when our head football coach left schools, he was that head weightlifting coach spot as well. And so I took that over this year as well. And so I started writing. I wrote a program for the volleyball this summer. Um, And so obviously I already helped with softball. And so I, I got really involved with those sports uh, and, then, and obviously football and, and we'll start working with these other sports, too, as well. I, Danville doesn't uh, have as many near as many as Watkins. But yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun getting to see the different dynamics and, and working with different sports. And, and it's funny, too, the, the different dynamics between girls and boys in the weight room. It, it, it's it's funny the, the girls are not nearly as confident but in some ways that's almost a good thing they are very teachable in that sense because they don't think they know everything um, <laughs> what do you the mean high man, school the guys
1: in that way, uh, man, I know exactly what they the
0: doing. right exactly you you come in and you throw 315 on that bar and you try to throw the throw it up there and grunt and do whatever you need to do and take your shirt off and all this other stuff and the girls are like coach smith what do i do like, what do you want, what weight do you want me to put on? Like, how do I do this? Like, they're all ready for it. And so that, that's really fun to see. Um, and, 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 and there's different, there's good, again, there's good and bad about everything. And so there's, it, it's just interesting to see those dynamics. And so it's, I, I think my coaching experience with softball has helped develop me as a, a better coach in general um, and, and just better leader Uh, to coach the football team as well. And so I think that experience has helped me in that aspect.
1: We're going to just focus a little more on football now. You kind of took the scheme, as far as I know, a little bit from the Ohio Wesleyan side. Why is that? Is it because you know it or because you you think it's good or both?
0: Oh, uh, absolutely both. Hey, uh, do, do what you know. Um, and, and good, good at what you know um, and, and that's what we tried to do with these kids too is simplify the playbook and so that they can get good at just a few things I feel like I'm talking to another news reporter because I've said this maybe 6,000 times this, this season Hey, this uh, basically is an interview yeah just get so. these kids well yeah fair enough um, but yeah get them good at a few things so that when they're out on the field they don't have to think and and get overwhelmed with, uh, okay, what's my job? They know their job already. And so now they can fly around and go make plays. Cause so we got some good athletes, um, but just not letting them get overwhelmed. And so as a first year head coach um, at 24 years old, when you don't know much, you do what you know. Um, and especially when what you know is that freaking good because you had a pretty dang good defensive coordinator in college. That that knows a lot about football, yeah. You do what you know, and so absolutely, it, it it's very good. And and obviously, I simplified that. We don't do nearly as much as what Coach D did with us. That's um, what I'm it, that's ask. Ju- that's just a different level of football. Um, that these kids just wouldn't wouldn't get yet, and and that's fine. That that's just part of the game. That man, we didn't know anything about that in high school either. Oh know, no,
1: because so. I can remember back. I mean, don't get me wrong. I Coach Warrington is a very good defensive coordinator, but I also look at some of the stuff he did. It was very simple. Now some, of us, some well, of us, and
0: and the same concept we just talked about is play. Coach is simple, and, and therefore you play fast and win. Um, I, I got that from a coaching podcast there, Joe Daniel Football. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, it's a it's great concept. I mean, if the kids don't have to think while they're playing, uh, they're, they're going to be in decent shape.
1: Oh, yeah, that goes back. I talked about it with um, Cotter on Episode 10. I said there was one piece of advice I got from my uncle when I started playing varsity football your senior year. He said, Sometimes you read, think, and react. Stop doing yep, that. Just stop
0: read and react. Like
1: stop thinking and just read and react. Let the game come to you. So, you know, like, it kind of
0: it, it all comes full circle. Yes, it does. Always, right? It's those life lessons in football.
1: We talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but I'm going to ask you the question now. You know, there was skepticism out there, whether it was mentioned to you or not. First-year head coach. You're 24 years old. You've, like, you haven't had as much coaching experience as others. So, what was it like? What did how did you handle that, or did you even hear it, or did you even
0: acknowledge it? What did you do with it? No, you know what? I didn't really hear any, um, and and really, if I did, I don't think I would really acknowledge it. Um, you know, I, I guess a lot of it was more on myself, like kind of just thinking like, Hey, are you ready for this? Like there, there's a lot more that goes into this than just like coaching the safeties. Like there, there's a lot more in, into this than just like kind of just showing up and, and running with whatever practice plan there already is. Um, and so just kind of like, Hey, are you ready for this, this responsibility? Um, especially, I don't know how much you know about Danville, but man, it is a football town. They, they care about their football. When you go out and that direction it's all football. Oh, absolutely. Farming and these football small towns especially. Yep, they 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 know their football and they they are tough and and hard-nosed people and, and the kids are they're tough and they, they play good football and so there, there was high expectations. So I I guess the biggest scrutiny would be there and maybe this would be scrutiny but also almost kind of a lower expectation it, it was kind of a mix mixed feelings there where we were coming off of kind of a, a couple of down years here and, and especially this past year and so kind of half the people were, were looking at these next classes and be like all right we need we need something to get us back and then the other half was kind of like well we've kind of just not been good the last couple of years so there's no no really pressure so and I'm like of course I ha- I set my expectations pretty high and I'm like no we're, we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff and we're gonna have some fun with it. and so yeah I, I don't i don't think i really acknowledge that other than from myself uh, of that hey there, there's a lot that you got to do and step up and and a lot of habits you got to change about your own ways and, and a lot more work that you got to do before you're ready for this and so i kind of started interviewing just to, to to do it and see what happens and I was like, you know what, if I don't get it, obviously no hard feelings and whoever steps in, hey, let's run with it. And I think one of the biggest draws to having me do that, especially um, during this COVID craziness and whatnot, this was my interview would have been right at the beginning of this in um, like March and April, was that I already knew the kids and had a relationship with the kids here um, over bringing an outside coach in. And so that that was kind of the biggest factor in, in that decision with, with me taking over here. And I, I think it proved to be pretty good. Um, I was able to kind of play to their strengths and, and kind of try to show them their weaknesses while giving them confidence in those strengths. and. And kind of say, like, hey, these are some things we're going to stick with, and these are the things we're going to change. Because, like I said, Danville is a good football town, it has great traditions, but there there's some things that they got relaxed on in the last few years that I want to move around and, and do my own stuff with. So,
1: it, kind of going off that, um, you kind of talked about like you already had the connection to your kids. I was going to ask, like, how you motivate your players, because let, let's be real, like, there's been probably been a point in our time in our life where we have a coach that we don't necessarily want to play for, like, but we play the game because we love it. And it is, you play the game 10 times harder, whether any, I think every football player or any sports athlete can agree to this. You play the game way harder if you want to play for that coach. So how do you necessarily motivate your players to play? Is it that connection that you try to build with them or what is it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Man, I think one of the biggest things is, and I got this from uh, Coach Sean in, in baseball and obviously middle school football. That's a baseball, um,
1: Ohio baseball coach hall
0: of fame right there. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. Big guy, um, big name guy there. But cool. yeah, he was great. And, and what I remember him being so great about was he would be lifting with us and and he'd be out throwing the ball and, and hitting and doing different things, pitching. I, obviously, I guess baseball is a little different in that sense where you're already kind of, they're throwing in the cage and things like that but he just really seemed to especially in the weight room be doing the same stuff that he was asking us to do and so that that's something I've done a lot is try I try to stay in shape and I try to run and lift and 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 train with the kids and basically I tell them like hey like look I can do this too um, and I joke, of course, I'm all fat and retired, but whether I, I don't know, you're a narc, I am a non-athletic
1: fat, but, retired yeah, person, exactly, exactly,
0: but they don't realize that. But I'm like, Hey, if I can do this, like, you'll be fine. You can make it through too. Like, let's do it together. And I think just that attitude of let's do it together has been hopefully really big. And, and, and it's just fun too. I, I have a lot of fun. At least I have a lot of fun with them. Maybe they don't. Cause they're like, dang, this dude's freaking crazy. He's an idiot. Like, shut up, Chris Smith, I don't know. And then the other thing is just that, um, man, just setting the expectations and giving those kids the confidence for that. Of I think, man, after, after a down year or two, they just didn't really have the confidence to win. And especially there, again, with the overwhelming part and overthinking things and whatnot. And so we tried to just simplify stuff and say, hey, look, if we get good at this, like we're gonna have a shot. You give me effort. And, and we got a shot. And I, and I would say all the time, um, I, I would tell these kids all the time, like Coach Smith could call the dumbest play in football history, but if you, I got 11 dudes on the field that are willing to run through a brick wall for me, like we're going to be – we got a shot. We're going to be in decent shape.
1: That's a Coach said, D the, saying on, right there. Yeah, exactly. Not directly, in, but like, yeah, the, that's a, it's similar to what Coach mm-hmm. D says to us.
0: Yeah. Oh, I got a lot of a lot of sayings from him. Some some. I gotta bring some, him on the podcast. Some I probably maybe shouldn't say, but
1: I gotta bring um, him on the podcast because you are probably I don't know maybe the fifth person to bring. I think everyone's here.
0: mentioned him. Yep. Yes, of like course.
1: he like I mean every I'm not gonna lie every guest I've had on the podcast has been through Ohio Wesleyan, but that also goes to show the connections you get to right. Ohio Wesleyan. But like at, like I don't think people understand like if you go to Ohio Wesleyan and you want to play defense you are playing for one of the smartest defensive coaches that you will ever meet.
0: But yeah, I mean, he's, he's a super influential person, um, especially to all the guys who played and coached around him. Um, He's a phenomenal leader outside of football already, but, man, he, he, I I joke with a lot of people that, that obviously don't know him, that when I'm talking about him, I say, that man will probably forget more about the game of football than I will ever learn, Um, and obviously, that might be an exaggeration, I don't know, but man, he, he's smart, and so, yeah, he's super influential in that sense, so I got a lot from him, but yeah, so, so back to that is, basically, I tell him, like, I could call the worst play, like, don't, don't worry about the play call, like, you just do it, whatever, whatever it is. Just go, go for it, and whatever happens, happens. I, I said on the op, on the opposite end, I could call the best play in the world, but if if anybody questions it, if, if there's one dude out there that that's not going to do his job because he thinks he could do better, or or knows something different, or doesn't want to give effort, whatever the circumstance is, if we don't got all eleven dudes doing that, then we're going to be in trouble um and so that's another big thing that i said and and kind of with that i basically told him like look last year wasn't very successful right let's start to break down and think about all of these things that went wrong and so i made them face those failures but also not just face it and, and shameful but also just like break down okay why what was bad about this like what didn't we like about this and, and some of this, I kind of just told them and some I made them think for themselves and tell me like, hey, coach, like we didn't like when we did this or we didn't like this part about practice or whatever. And so then we would start to talk through, okay, well, how do we fix that? What do you want to do different this year? Um, and again, some I got from them and let them choose for themselves. And then some kind of just had to say like, hey, here's the deal. But just looking forward and, and again, setting that expectation and saying, okay, with that, you said you want this. Here's the expectation. Here's one of the biggest things was no missing practices. Uh, I, I know a lot of things last year or, or, or the year before when I was here in my first year as an assistant, there were lots of kids who just, oh, hey coach, I'm not going to be there today. And It's like, well, why? It's like, well, I got this or this, or I got, I've, I'm spending time with family. It's like, Dude, you have you have football practice. I was you like, don't, I've never, I, I don't know if I've ever missed one football practice in my life. I, I, I don't missed, know, maybe maybe I missed one or two in, in high school or I maybe missed youth one, league or something. And it was because I don't remember missing any. Yeah, I exactly. One because of a funeral, that was it. Right, like right there. Every once in a while, there might be a good excuse. Um, but I was like, here's the deal. Like, if you miss practice, like, if, okay, fine, you got to go to the doctor or whatever. Or you had a funeral. Like you still missed stuff, like mental. We had probably installed plays, but physical. Your your whole team got better and was conditioning and stuff. You're gonna have to make that up. And I said, don't look at it as a punishment. I'm not punishing you. I'm not mad at you. Like stuff happens, life happens, but we gotta make that up. And so, um, just the accountability for that. And but again, with that, not to just be like, oh, hard ass coach Smith. Like, I I just was like, here's the expectation. Like you guys want to win, right? And I, like. We looked, one thing, another thing, I mentioned Joe Daniel football earlier, another thing that he, I got from him is a big thing he said that, that I, that stuck with me was no kid, like, wants to lose. No kid thinks they're not trying hard. Um, Like, every kid, when they go out on a Friday night, thinks he's giving full effort. You know what I mean? Like, they're not out, they're not going to try to lose, Um, and so it was, Basically, the goal was the shift. We had to shift and, and show them, like, "Hey, here's the difference. Here's what you what you were doing, and here's what you like can be doing." And so, just setting that expectation, like, "Hey, you want to win? Here's what we have to do to do that." And and again, part of that was letting them try to decide some of that. And and some is just like, "Hey, here here's the freaking deal, dude. You got There's a little like, line, you gotta like you got it. There's some right. stuff
1: that goes this way, and some stuff that goes the other way. Mm-hmm, absolutely do you have a game day routine? You're now a coach, you know, I've heard things with coaches, head coaches having game day routines. Do you have a game day routine? I know there's one thing that's probably true and it, I always watched you since high school and then in the <laughs> college, you walked into the locker room with a monster.
0: Yep. Yeah. So every game, um, of football that I've ever played starting in fifth grade, you can thank my father, um, <laughs> I have drank a monster or a couple of times it may have been bang or rain or what. Yeah. Whatever. All Either those way, like energy but, drink. So, yeah. an energy drink typically it was monster, especially obviously you get your favorite. And that's the one. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of just a tradition. Um, good or bad. I, I'm not recommending it. Good or bad, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like that, it, it just is what it is. And that was part maybe of not my thing. For and... a
1: football game, maybe for a coach, it's right. whatever, but yeah. as a, for a player, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah.
0: Right. So exactly. I'm not recommending it to players. So if, if anybody's, whoever's listening to this, don't do it, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that it it is what it is. And that's what kind of got me in the zone there and, and kind of flipped the switch for me there um, on game days. So, yeah, I still do that. I I still, I'll drink a monster um, in the locker room and I usually finish it as I'm about to give kind of my pregame talk, um, which isn't actually usually much. I, I kind of let my other coaches hype them up, and then I'll will say my quick little piece, basically, hey, we know what we need to do. Let's go get it, and we do uh, we do the Ric Flair.
1: You pull and a Jeff Severino, huh?
0: Oh yeah, I don't I don't say much there. I don't I don't have many words for them. I I yelled at them plenty throughout the week. They don't need to hear any more from me. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's one big thing. And then I, I got to take a nap too. I, I, I got to take a nap before the game at some point. Obviously, that looks a little bit different coming from school. Um, and and got, I have to stay later a little bit as a teacher than I did, did as a student, obviously, in high school. And then game days on Saturdays in college, obviously that looks different. But in some way, whether even whether it's twenty minutes or and or sometimes if it's on the bus, I'll sleep on the bus as well. So maybe two naps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, always got to take a nap. But it's not even a superstitious thing. I just know, like I'm like, dang, I'm tired, dude. <laughs> I need the energy. Um, I'm it's typically, not like very. I I'm not very superstitious. Yeah, the, those are kind of probably the two other two main things. Other than that, I really don't. Like I said, I'm not terribly superstitious. I don't really care.
1: What does the future of Cam Smith look like? <clears throat> Five years, ten years, two years, whatever you want to give. What do you got?
0: Hmm. Um, well, you know, coaching, obviously. Um, we, we've talked a lot about what the, what that means to me and and what that's done for me and, and obviously um, why I want to. And so, yeah, coaching in some aspect, I don't know, there, there's – Quite a few different goals that I have. I, I would love to win a state championship. I, I think, like I said, with the expectations I set for the kids um, at the beginning of this year, and what and that's kind of why we had some success. Is I, I set those high, and it, and all right, fine if we fail and we make it to the third round of playoffs. Like, <laughs> darn, like that was a decent <laughs> season, you know. Like, what what's what do you get if you fail from setting those at that high? You know what I mean, and so. You set the new bar. I I said this, yeah. Like last, Um, this year, you just set the new bar for next year. And I think that's what- Oh, I've told the kids that, and and we had a conversation in our kind of end of season meeting. Um, I made them close their eyes. And I said, raise your hand if you think realistically, like if you don't think this, be honest, this is fine. Like, I'm not gonna judge you. Like if you, I want you to be real with yourself and with your teammates. And, and nobody can see you except me right now. And I'm just asking, raise your hand if you think realistically we could compete and, and possibly win a state championship in the next year or two. And at least eight out of 10 kids raised their hand. 80% of our kids raised their hand. I said, for those of you who not raise your hand, I want you to think about for a second, why why not? And then I, mean, we, we, I had them open their eyes and talk, we talked about that a little bit, but yeah, I, I kind of set those expectations. I'm like, man, it, if you don't have this expectation, like if this goal isn't here, you're not getting it. Like there's not chance, you know what I mean? And like I said, if you don't like, okay, like darn, you still make it uh, deep in the playoffs and you still get some awards and you, you have a lot of freaking fun on the way. Like what, what, what is stopping us from setting that expectation? because without that, like, we're not going anywhere. So yeah, that, that's kind of one big thing I have. I, I think, man, a lot is, I, I dream of different things and back and forth. And a lot of it though, I just, especially after COVID craziness and all this crap, it's, man, it's a lot of it, I just go with the flow. And and I joked with a lot of like news reporters that would ask me like, how's your first year coaching? And, amidst this pandemic and whatnot I'm like well I, I don't really have an, ex- an experience to <laughs> compare it to so, yeah uh, I, right so a lot of it's just like I, I adjust on the fly like hey my AD says hey you can't do this you got to switch to this I'm like all right cool like <laughs> I, I don't know any different you know yeah I, obviously I had my experience as a player but man it's like do you just gotta roll with the punches and, and you just go with it and so I think I have a great family. I got a great wife and, and a lot of people that support me and care about me. Um, and I got a lot of people that I care about and that I want to support. And so both of those things, I think whatever is gonna happen, like I'm, I'm gonna be good with, I'm gonna be happy with. So other than that, I don't have a lot of specific like, oh, in five years, I want this, you know what I mean? So,
1: I like that better though. Like, cause honestly, like people, like, let's be real. You could plan for something in five years. And nine times out of ten, it's not what you're gonna get in five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's almost better to go with the flow. Now you should have goals. Don't get me wrong, but like,
0: right? <clears throat> there's right, nothing. exactly. Like I, I would love, and and my goal is okay. I do want to compete or, right, get to the final four, get to the state championship, something like that. Compete for state championship within the next two or three years. But right, it, it's hard to say. Like okay, I want a wife and and four kids and and a house this size in this town within five years like that that that's like a hard plan to stick to and things like that and exactly that's the type of stuff like okay you just kind of roll with that yeah um, but yeah the goals is like okay well i want to coach All right, well i hit that all right well i want our team to compete for state championship all right that's pretty measurable like well, yeah you get back to me in two years and, and we'll talk about if i did that or not and why why or why not so and that goes off something that I think uh, me and Chris Bonner,
1: Chris Bonner might do another episode with me. The first episode of 2021 about like your goals need to be quantifiable. Don't make a goal. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be a better person. Like, okay, yes, that's a good goal. Don't get me wrong. You have to be able to measure your
0: goals. Absolutely.
1: And that was one thing I learned through coach Watts. And when we would do our, what do they call them? Leadership meetings or yeah, yeah. leadership training. Yeah. And, like, we would set our goals for, the like, our team the next year. Like, your mm-hmm. goals have to be able to be measured. Otherwise, how do you know if you even achieve those goals?
0: Right. So. And I've, I've started doing the same thing with my kids. Um, heck, we just had a leadership training uh, meeting a couple of weeks ago, and and we, we threw up kind of the same thing. Okay, what, what are a couple of our team goals, initial team goals? I said these are very, very – versatile edit oh I don't know what the word is editable that's not a word but like you know it doesn't me. mean but we it can change so. this these yeah, are written in pencil so, right yeah. and so okay, a lot of them we want to be tough right toughness is always one in football everyone wants is. to be considered tough and exactly okay well how do we be considered tough what makes us tough Right and and especially okay. Well, if you're looking at just the defensive side, okay, what makes us tough? Maybe you don't let up very many points per game, right? Those are start. That's when you can start to get into more measurable things. But yeah, it, it they got to be. Um, I I heard one from I can't can't remember the name, but it but it's a TED Ed talk, and it's it, it's one that is pretty popular. and went pretty viral, and she said if you can't measure it, it's not real. And, and that's, that's paraphrasing. She might have used it a little bit different language, but, but that was the premise is it, if, it, if it can't be calculated and measured and seeing, okay, did this happen? If, if that can't happen, then it, it's not real. It, it's, it's just not there. It's not a thing.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. I like to wrap up every episode with what I simply call Motivation Monday. What is your piece of advice to all of our listeners out there who are getting their week started on their Monday morning?
0: I, I tell my students and, well, really, I tell my players, sorry, mostly on the field, I use the word attack a lot. And I, and I think that can be used in a lot of senses. I use that in the weight room a lot. I use that on the field a lot. Heck, I was just watching the basketball game and I, I told one of the players that obviously also plays football and that I have a good relationship with, I say, go attack the rim. I quit being passive. And so I, I think that can be translated into a lot of life is just attack. Whatever you're gonna do, whatever your next job is, whatever you gotta go do at work that day or your, your schoolwork or that, yeah, that paper that you're dreading to write, um, that conversation that you're dreading to have with, a parent or a significant other or friend or whatever, whatever the hard thing is, or even whatever the good things are, go attack it and just be aggressive and go get it. Um, because if, if you go in there passive or, or if you go in there with the wrong attitude, um, you're going to be in trouble. But if you attack it, if, like I said, with the 11 players running through the brick wall, if you got that, then you get a chance. And so, yeah, attack. Yep. We, we made that, um, the The word of the week in my first first win at Cardington, my my first win as a head coach and our in our first win of your of the playoff season, win obviously. right there. Um, well, no, so we played Cardington twice. So yeah, so the first win was at Cardington uh, in the right. It was the second game of the regular season, and. One of the biggest problems that we saw um, as coaches obviously from the players is that they were just being passive. And, and granted it was the first first game, whatever. And we played a, re- a really good and tough team that first game. And so they were just being passive and just overthinking things and whatnot. And so, and we told them like, hey, listen, we tried to simplify this playbook for you. Like just go attack, like know your job and just go do it. Right? attack, nothing's going to be given to you. You have to go take it. and and that worked and we kind of just I mean, that was like our like when we got a break um, after each drill or whatever. I mean, that that was like our breakdown for probably sixty plus percent of our of our breaks and stuff because that was just what we wanted to instill and, and it worked that week, and so we just kept it going. So yeah, attack, attack, attack.
1: Man, Cam, thank you for being on the podcast. It means a lot to me. We've had a we've had a lot of history together starting back what your senior year of high school really is kind of when it started, started my sophomore year of high school. I was just the young Up You kind of took me. Yeah. Way. And... yeah and then you came and or you King and trace. Oh man, that group. Yeah. I'd,
0: I'd like to think I was maybe a little bit better influence on you than them um, with hundred uh, percent, but their hey, habits, hold on. In, especially. On Do we
1: remember field? though? My first visit to Ohio Wesleyan trade or uh, yeah kang drove and trace was there and they were my parents for the first visit to ohio oh, that, was that a game day visit it yeah, was a that game was, day visit yep, right? so that was yeah, i sat with your parents see. but yes <laughs> and then, oh that was the first night i met jordan as well
0: oh goodness <laughs> but yeah, yes they're, that's they're, they're, fun. they're
1: fun oh we'll it was a great that. time With that, that's a wrap on episode 12 of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you, Cam, for joining the show. We definitely have to get together soon and catch back up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, go attack. With that, Roughnecks out.